Hey, y'all, welcome back to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. I'm your host, Heather McFadden, and this is the place where I get to walk alongside you and connect you with people and resources so you know that you don't mom alone. And in this episode, number 372, I'm going to be sharing the hows and whys of discussing movies with your kids. Before I get into that, I want to tell you about a great option if you are looking for great looking, clean cooking kitchenwares. It is Caraway Homes non-toxic cookware and bakeware, their collections. It is a healthier way to look great in your kitchen. Have your cookware look fantastic. I chose their terracotta pink color and it makes me happy. Anytime I need to heat up some chicken noodle soup or cook a steak with the sun, whatever I'm doing in the kitchen, I love using Caraway not only because it does look good, but I know that their products are chemical free. They don't have any toxic materials like PFAS or PTFE or PFOA. And I don't need to use as much oil or butter because it slides off the pan really easily. And it's easy to use. It's not overly heavy, but it's definitely not flimsy or light. They have a cookware set of 16 pieces with your essentials, a fry pan, a saute pan, a saucepan, a Dutch oven. If you are in the market to get a new set, maybe you got one when you got married and you've been married a while and it's time to get a new one, uh, check out Caraway Home. And we have a deal just for you. Even if you want a bakeware set, you can check out those too because over 25,000 people have raved about their Caraway kitchen. It's time to try it. So visit carawayhome.com forward slash DMA for Don't Mom Alone to take advantage of a limited time offer to get 10% off your next purchase. The deal is exclusive for our listeners. So visit carawayhome.com forward slash DMA or use the code DMA at checkout. Caraway non-toxic cookware made modern. Okay, I'm recording this late July And we all know if you have school-age kids or young kids, in Texas particularly, we are hitting our summer wall, okay? Swimming is no longer even fun. We are kind of getting on each other's nerves a little bit. Everybody's kind of beyond bored. And I wanted to help you out with something that has been a part of my own childhood story and what I've implemented with my own kids. And maybe it would help you in this last uh, few weeks of summer to kind of, or or month if you're in the East Coast, push through and give you something to do other than stare at the wall. So basically growing up, I was the third child in a family of four. And when I was born, I had a 16-year-old sister and an 11-year-old brother. You heard that right. Can you imagine my mom? She has a 16-year-old, she has an 11-year-old, and she has a newborn. Uh, And then I have a younger brother who's two years younger than me. So growing up, and my friend Mary Flo Ridley would attest to this, your family is the age of your oldest child. So I grew up in a 16-year-old exposed family. There were TV shows and movies that I saw as a young child. So when I'm five, my sister was getting married, okay? She's 21. My elementary years, my brother was going through college and we were watching SNL-based, skit-based movies, okay? So it was impossible for them to completely shield me and bubble wrap me and 
protect my innocent 100%. Now, there were boundaries, and I did have an earlier bedtime, and it wasn't like a free-for-all. But what I noticed is if we went to a movie as a family that maybe was beyond what most eight or nine-year-olds would go see, we would always discuss it afterwards. And they did a great job of helping me not just be a mindless consumer, but a really thoughtful, discerning self-filter of the content. And to be honest, there were definitely movies where if it was super adult, like joke or something, it would go over my head. And I think that happens with some of our kids. But regardless, I did feel like I was equipped with a mind that doesn't just sit and watch a movie, but it really thinks about the deeper meaning of what's going on, helps me apply it to my life. And so I started doing that with my boys. Now, with our boys, we, of course, limited what they watched when it came to violence and language and content. And even with their kid movies, which I have a whole strong opinion on, like, uh, there's a variety of kid movies, right? We know the, like, fart and those – there's a new one out right now called Paws of Fury, which I just saw the preview and I was like, I feel dumber from that preview. But if it was a, you know, let's say, and I'm going to talk about these later, like a Frozen or a Cars or one that everybody's watching, even those movies, we would practice discussing the film afterward. And I thought it was great. And I think it has helped them become better consumers of the media they watch. (laughs) When I told my teen boys that I was going to be recording this podcast episode, and I just thought, hey, what did y'all think about when we would discuss movies? One of my sons was like, oh, I hated it. (laughs) So FYI, teens have strong opinions about how you parented. And uh, typically, they think you did everything wrong. They think you chose the wrong schools. They think, I mean, I'm just letting you know now um, that you will get feedback on your parenting and it we may take another 10 years before they appreciate some of the things we did. But I will say, even though he said he hated it, we then had a 30-minute conversation about plot structure and story arcs in current movies. And they were talking about how they've noticed that in some movies they've watched recently, instead of having the traditional rising action and the conflict and then the resolution and denouement, it's like rising action until the last scene and it just ends. And we then had a conversation about the primary motivation for Jack Nicholson in the movie One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest and the subplot in that movie. And so while they say they didn't like it, I think it's impacted them more than they will fully understand at this point. I will say, caveat, and we'll talk more about the how, we don't want to be fun vibe killers and have a barrage of questions and strong personal opinions and try to force overly spiritual connections. The goal is for it to be lighthearted, and I will give you tips on how the kinds of questions to ask, even based on my experience and knowledge as a speech-language pathologist. So I've already touched on this a little bit, but why do it? Why take the time to discuss movies with your kids? Let's just start with the variety of parenting approaches to what you consume. I know there's a spectrum, just like any other part of parenting, from one extreme where families will choose no exposure to media, um, any kind of cultural 
video movies, shows, uh, and then moving along the spectrum, maybe they're only Christian options and maybe they're choosing streaming choices like Minnow or Pure Flix. If that's you, those are great streaming options. Maybe it's you allow uh, outside of Christian options, but you're only you're curating and only allowing certain content and they have to have approval or you watch it together. And then, of course, there's the – and there's probably – other options, but the extreme on the other end being there's no monitoring of what a child consumes. There's no time limits. There's just free reign of whatever media of is available they're allowed to watch. So the makeup of your family, like I mentioned earlier with my own family, your ages and your stages may dictate which of these approaches you take. Your own childhood experience will definitely influence your choices. I have friends who wished their parents had had firmer boundaries on what they watched and that they felt like they were exposed to some things too early and that it impacted them. I have other friends who feel like their parents went overboard. And I've mentioned this in shows before, but a friend whose parents wouldn't let her watch the Flintstones because Fred was selfish examples of different rules I've heard. My sister had a rule that her kids could only watch shows where the kids in the show were her kids' age or younger. So it would be like if you have, if your oldest child is an elementary age child and no older sibling, then you may not want them watching a Nickelodeon show with high school drama or something that is high school oriented. I've also heard that as long as possible, try to keep the content on the level of your youngest child. So not having it be dictated by your oldest child. Now, I think depending on the number of kids you have, that can be tricky and can only work up to a certain point. It's going to be hard for me to tell a 16 or 17-year-old, hey, we're only going to watch things that your 10-year-old brother can watch because my 16-year-old is at this point where he has more freedoms to choose what he's watching. And that is going to be a whole episode I'm hoping to record with Dr. Ken Wilgus, who does Feeding the Mouth That Bites You. If you have a teen and you need help, just go get that book. And then, of course, another aspect that impacts what you watch is your child's personality. I've found that in our crew, the more imaginative the child is, the more sensitive they are to things they see on screen, whether it's something that they view as potentially scary because they go beyond what they even see or a character is harmed or there's some sort of tragedy. You have to be so careful because (laughs) it's like a miserable experience to watch a family movie together when your child is crying and upset. All these factors are playing into which movie you're going to watch, which show you're going to watch as a family. And so why we discuss movies, to me, helps us choose which movies. It's one more factor that plays into it because it goes beyond what's the popular kid movie and it expands us to think what movie is going to provide beauty or great conversation or it may even be something that we weren't thinking is good, but because it's so bad, (laughs) we have a great conversation. Um, I also want to plug a tool we've used in the years where we wanted a little more complex stories and characters, but we didn't want the language and the violence and some of the other scenes. We used VidAngel, 
which is a filtering tool that you can connect to your Netflix and Amazon accounts and you can pick and choose which filters to turn on. It lets you see every time a bad word is used or a violent scene. Um, Bruce thinks it's hilarious that one of the filter options for Wizard of Oz is when the house lands on the Wicked Witch of the East. So um, anyway, it's a great tool if you've never heard of Vid Angel. They were the ones who originally helped produce The Chosen, but um, check that out. That link is in the show notes. My personal parenting view, and maybe this comes from growing up with older siblings, is you'll never be able to 100% keep the world and culture from your children. Now, there is value in preserving innocence as long as possible. As a parent, you absolutely have a right to say that is not for us. And I think it's a gift that we can expose our kids to good and beautiful stories, whether it's in literature or it's in movies. And finding those can be challenging. But I also believe that we can help shape our children to become discerning consumers of art, whether it's literature, TikToks, music, or movies. Now, even if you have done the work an adolescent brain is in the teen years, it's going to maybe get pulled towards what's trendy or popular. But I believe personally, I was given this gift to not just take in entertainment, but dissect it and analyze it to be drawn to more complex character development and good writing. And beyond that, to see this redemptive arc The redemptive arc being like your classic English teacher plot structure with the exposition. You meet the characters, you learn about the problem. They have this rising action and the tension builds and then a climax and the tension point and then the falling action and you see how the problem gets solved until your resolution or the redemption happens. And so we can find this in most movies and books and sometimes we can notice that it's not there. We can also notice if a movie is promoting an idea that runs counter to my core belief system, to have that alert system in me to not just consume blindly. So here's an example of that. Um, Earlier this year, I had to sit through a very loud presentation of Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Okay. So I went back and I Googled the quote because it stood out to me. Um, Sonic the Hedgehog is talking to his quote unquote dad or owner and he says something like, you're supposed to be my friend. Stop trying to be my dad. I can take care of myself. And Tom tells him, Sonic, taking care of yourself is not what being a hero is all about. It's about taking responsibility for other people. And he kept talking about that. You need to take responsibility for other people. And while I get that he's trying to be others oriented and being selfish is for sure not the goal, something was triggered in me, like something's not right with this statement. And it made me realize that there are a lot of adults in recovery therapy with their counselor who have taken responsibility for other people and not taken care of themselves. It's kind of like the old adage, you know, for moms, put on your mask before helping your children put on theirs, like in the airplane. We do need to take responsibility for ourselves. And it and being a hero isn't a pushing aside of your needs and putting everyone else first. So that's just a little example where there, I had to pay attention, even in a kid's movie, of what message is being communicated. And it wasn't an amoral message. It just wasn't lining up with what I've found to be true. So 
Before we get into the how, I found a quote from a conversation I had with my friend Amanda White eons ago. I think it's episode 27. We link to it in the show notes. Here's the quote. We want our children to know the one good story so well that when they see, and it has these examples, Luke Skywalker, Harry Potter, Frodo, Anne of Green Gables, Ariel, Sleeping Beauty, they can recognize the strands of truth and deception in them. And that to me is a lot of the why behind these movie discussions is it reinforces our children knowing the one good story so well, the story of God's redemptive arc, his story of rescuing us and wanting to be with us and his love for us and how he solved the problem with Christ's death and resurrection. To me, that's the most compelling why. So before we get into how to discuss movies, I want to tell you about a couple of our sponsors. And the first one I have been absolutely loving. So yes, I'm 45. There, I said it. And I still get acne, but not anymore. I'm telling you, unless I run out of this product or I eat a bunch of junk food at family camp, I have been having clear skin thanks to Glad Skin because they don't use harsh products that are overly drying it out or causing more problems. They help support healthy, balanced skin. It's not plant-based or drug-based because it is based on the nature of healthy skin. Because normally inflammatory blemishes and acne-prone skin is caused by this imbalance of your skin's microbiome. Oh yeah, science class here, people. Gladskin developed a revolutionary protein called Micro Balance to restore the natural balance of good and bad bacteria that live on the skin. I have been using the Gladskin Blemish Gel and it is working so great. It is gentle from the first day. I use their oil-based makeup remover and then I use their face wash. It's like in a bar. And then I put on the Blemish Gel and it has been working so well for me for months. And right now... Gladskin is offering our listeners 15% off plus free shipping on your first order at gladskin.com slash DMA. That's gladskin.com slash DMA for 15% off plus free shipping. Gladskin.com slash DMA. On a more serious note, our next sponsor is something that I want to introduce you because I want to help support you in an area that we often don't talk about, but maybe you didn't know was so accessible and easy to sign up for. And that is through the company Ladder. They provide term coverage life insurance, and it's surprisingly affordable and really easy to get approved. It is 100% digital, no doctors, no needles, no paperwork. When you apply for $3 million in coverage or less, you just answer a few questions about your health in an application. So with Ladder, you just need those few minutes, a phone or a laptop to apply, and their smart algorithms work in real time. You're going to find out instantly if you're approved. No hidden fees. You can cancel at any time, get a full refund if you change your mind in the first 30 days. Ladder policies are issued by insurers with long proven histories of paying claims, and they're rated A and A plus by AM Best. Finally, since life insurance costs grow as you age, now is the time to cross it off your list. So go to ladderlife.com slash DMA today to see if you are instantly approved. That's L-A-D-D-E-R life.com slash DMA, ladderlife.com slash DMA. Okay, so how do we do this? How do we 
go about discussing movies with our kids. Like I said before, we do not want to be fun vibe killers. And so if you are sensing you've just watched the movie on your couch and the kids are tired and it's bedtime, that may not be the right time to discuss. Or you've left the movie theater and again, everyone's cranky or hungry or whatever time of day. Read the room. And if you are feeling like no one is interested in having a conversation, wait until the next day or later. It is totally fine. They will still remember the story. Don't you remember? You remember stories. And so I think waiting for the right time is a great first step. As far as general tips, I like to say as a speech pathologist to ask WH questions instead of yes, no questions. You're going to get richer answers and have more to play off of in your conversation than if you ask yes, no questions. And developmentally, a child is going to first understand like your younger kids, your preschool kids are going to understand who, what, where, when questions before they're going to understand a how or a why question. You could lead them through the why. They may have their own versions of the why, but don't get frustrated, especially if you start with a why question. I recommend, this is what I would do with my boys, and one of my boys said he liked this approach because it allowed each of them to give their own perspective on the movie. I would say, what was your favorite part or who was your favorite character? And he really appreciated having that freedom to share uniquely to each of them what they what was their favorite? And then you could go into, was there anything you didn't like or wish had been different? As far as tackling on a deeper level, and if you have older kids, you could lead into kind of like your English teacher with a novel. You could ask the questions, work through that redemptive arc. Who do you think the hero or the heroine of the movie was? Another question you could ask is, was there a clear, quote unquote, good person or evil, bad person. Sometimes in our movies, it's hard to tell. Think about Cruella. And then you could say, why do you think there wasn't? Or what did we learn about who we thought was the bad person? Or, you know, you could go even farther and say, what makes a person evil? And we can even go into Romans 8. You know, we're all sinners. So what problem was there to solve? And who helped solve it? How was it solved? As a parent, what dominant message did you pick up on? What were some smaller lessons that you caught? Could you prompt your kids through those? You don't necessarily have to make sure they caught them, but you could use it as a time of teaching some other aspect of life or a biblical lesson. How did it align with that gospel arc we were talking about, that separation, that rescue, that redemption? And was there anything that was overtly unhelpful or went against your core beliefs? I want to tell you that years ago, when I did that episode 27 with Amanda White, I also released a bunch of movie discussion guides, and we've linked to them in the show notes. If you want to take a tour of some classics, uh, movies that I was watching with my kids back then, we're talking Mr. Peabody and Sherman, Big Hero 6, Dolphin Tail 2. I love Meet the Robinsons, but I will say if you have a child that joined your family through adoption, that might be one you want to watch first and see where you're, depending on where your child is in their adoption story, whether you watch that together as a family. But it is a fantastic movie. There's also a couple scenes that 
if your child is more sensitive, I remember uh, my more sensitive child having a hard time with. But oh, such a good story. Lots to discuss with Meet the Robinsons. Cars, Frozen, and then the Lego movie. And so I'm going to go through a little bit of the Lego movie because I'm guessing a lot of you have seen it and maybe that would be helpful to talk through. So some of the things that I um, highlighted with my boys, of course, I asked them, what did they like? The favorite character, favorite scene. And it was great to just get a peek into their unique personalities and interests, what parts they didn't like. And again, it was interesting that one of my boys did not like the bad cop, good cop, when he rubbed his face off, he thought that would hurt. He, uh, I thought that Lord Business would scare them more, but they didn't even bring him up. I did talk about the motivation for Lord Business. So I said, what did Lord Business want most? And what did he do to get what he wanted? How did he treat other people? So looking at the character's motivation is such a great way to contrast the good versus the evil. Sometimes, like I said, the bad guy is hard to find, but looking at their desires, their actions, their relationships, it makes it clearer. It it distinguishes them from other characters in the movie and figuring out who is, has a, a helpful desire and who doesn't. Sometimes you can have a good desire and go about it the wrong way. This is another thing you could talk about from the Lego movie. Now, there was an article in Fox Business that wasn't a fan of the Lego movie portraying big business as evil. So we, you could talk through that if your kids are old enough to understand businesses and decide your family's personal views on the topic. Maybe you could support a local business and talk to them about that. Go get some ice cream to talk more um, on the Lego movie. Another question I have in this guide is, how did Emmett feel about being the special Do you think he was special? What made him stand out from the other Lego minifigures? Since one of the primary themes is how this ordinary minifigure, Emmett, gets labeled as the chosen one who's going to save them all, uh, we then learn that, that this prophet, Vitruvius, just made up the whole prophecy. But ultimately, Emmett does prove himself to be the hero. And we learn that each character kind of served a unique purpose in accomplishing their mission. Who can forget 80s spaceman? Spaceship, spaceship, spaceship. So another question you can ask is what unique skills and talents do you have? What is our family's ultimate purpose? How do we use our skills to reach that purpose? And to me, this is the creme de la creme of the conversation. Ultimately, we see these master builders using their innate abilities to create without a plan. We watch Emmett being bold and thinking outside the box to solve their craggle problem. And so maybe you can cast this vision uh, not only for your kids, but for your family. How can we all work together using our unique skills for one common purpose? Because everything is awesome. Everything's cool when you're part of a team. Spiritual conversations you could have, you know, again, we don't want to overstretch it, but they might ask you, this prophet, what's a prophet? Are there, who are the prophets that are mentioned in the Bible? What was their purpose? Did they, quote unquote, make up their prophecies? And you could even get into how the Lego minifigures referred to the hand of God or this ultimate being. And who did we discover the hand belonged to actually? Do we believe that God is this distant figure who just reaches down every once in a while and enters our world? Is he just playing around? Um, What was the purpose of creating us and putting us on this earth? This is a deep questions, y'all. And, you know, other great family movie night options that I mentioned in this guide is The Incredibles. It's a great family working together. 
movie. So that just gives you a taste of what I'm talking about. And the other movie guides might help you figure this out for yourself. Because my hope is that this episode really just helps you consider how to do this for your family. What would it look like for you? Maybe it even helped clarify your family's approach to media. And this week, I would love for you to tag me if your family watches a movie and you discuss it with your people and keep an eye out for an Instagram post about this episode where we would love for you to share your favorite family movie and we can crowdsource, like help each other out this summer because I know Olaf loves and dreams of summer. It's not good for him. It's, It's turning out not to be so good for me. 112 in Texas is not so good for me, but I am gonna pray for us and for discernment. Thanks, y'all, for listening. Uh, Lord, I thank you that you are a creator, God, and that you made us in your image to be creative and that we have this gift of telling stories that just reveal to more people the good news of your heart for us, your desire to make all things new and to redeem and restore all things. I pray for our families that we could make time to have conversations about you and about good stories and good, um, just interesting uh, creative works. And I pray, Lord, that you would guide all of us, that we would have your Holy Spirit um, give us discernment, bring to mind different truths that you want us to highlight for our kids and to draw them closer to you, which is what you're doing. You're wooing them, Lord, and we are just a part of that. And I pray for peace in our hearts and our minds that to know that evil has always existed. You are not surprised by evil and that ultimately um, your good wins, good wins. And so we praise you and we hold on to that truth and the promise of your ultimate return and restoration. In Jesus name, amen. Thanks y'all for joining me. I will be back next week and I hope y'all enjoy the movies. Adios. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Don't Mom Alone podcast. If you're wanting to connect with more people and more resources to help remind you that you're not alone, head over to don'tmomalone.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guests. Most importantly, I want you to know the good news, the great news that you're not alone because God has promised to always be with you. With faith in Jesus Christ, the one who died for you and rose again, Jesus said when he left, he was going to leave a helper, a comforter to be with us. God in us. Moms, that's superpower. So while you're washing dishes at your kitchen sink, while you're driving to and from work, while you're feeding that baby late into the night, while you're cleaning sticky floors, God promises to be just as present with you as when you're worshiping in a church pew. As it says in Zephaniah 3.17, the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. Now that's good news. Have a great day.